0: Hello and welcome to the Invasive Species Podcast, brought to you by Invasive Weeds Agency. I'm Graham Rudd, business manager and co-founder of Invasive Weeds Agency, and with me today is IWA's project officer, Jed Van Hagen. The format of the podcasts will be a weekly roundup of stories on invasive species with a discussion regarding the best options for control and eradication both in the UK and further afield. This week we're going to start with our invasive of the week. Jed will be presenting that shortly. This invasive species is Japanese knotweed and the reason we've chosen that to start us off is due to the huge interest in the media surrounding the subject of Japanese knotweed and the impact it's having on the housing market in the UK. So Jed, please tell us some more about Japanese knotweed.
1: Japanese knotweed is an invasive plant species that was introduced to the UK at the start of the 19th century as an ornamental ground cover plant. And since spreading into the wild, it has begun to spread at an alarming rate and spread into domestic gardens, development sites, embankments, and waterways and has become a real nuisance in both domestic and commercial settings.
0: So uh, for people to be able to know whether they've got Japanese knotweed or not at the property, they've got to have some clue about how to identify it. So at this time of year, what would they need to be looking for to, if, they, if they're suspicious they've got knotweed?
1: Well, at this time of year, there's no active growth. Uh, so what we'll, you'd like to see will be dead brown stems. They're uh, hollow cane-like, woody, reddish-brown. Um, it's possible that there'll be maybe two or three years of dead stems there as the material degrades very slowly and there may be uh, small red buds at the bottom of these stems if it's been a particularly mild winter.
0: Okay I'll just say that we've got some pictures of that on our Facebook page it's facebook.com slash japanese.knotweed. So going into the like later into the year, um, it's probably when people would spot Japanese knotweed. What would they be looking for during spring and summertime? What are the defining well,
1: features? Once the knotweed begins to grow, it's often likened to uh, asparagus. In it, it has um, a small red bud, will produce a, a small green stem uh, with rolled leaves, which will unfurl as the plant gets larger. These leaves have a pointed top and once they grow up to a metre in height there will be visible purple specks on the green stems. Now these stems are hollow and fleshy and they have the same nodule effect as uh, you'd find in bamboo.
0: Okay, so if someone finds Japanese knotweed at their property, what steps should they take to either slow down the spread of it or stop the spread of it completely?
1: Well, I'd recommend doing no sort of garden maintenance in the area. The worst thing you can do is something like trim it or, or pull it up. Anything that's going to spread fragments because Japanese knotweed doesn't spread by seed, it spreads by fragments of either the rhizome root system or possibly fragments of stems as well. So I would make sure not to disturb the area, uh, possibly cordon it off just to make sure that nobody else interfered with it and I'd request a specialist survey.
0: So, as far as a specialist survey goes, what would take place during a survey? What's it, what would an expert be looking for?
1: Well, we'd expect an expert survey to entail, first of all, positive identification of the knotweed itself. Now, plenty of times people might misidentify it as people aren't used to having to identify different plant species. Um, so once it's been identified as most definitely Japanese knotweed, they would uh, estimate the potential risk to the property So that would be in accordance with our SAS guidelines, the proximity to a habitable space, the size of the infestation Any other things like structures, sheds, uh, walls, near drainage is a, a very important one And um, you can also ascertain a general idea of uh, how substantial the infestation is and uh, and how widespread it is within the garden
0: Okay, and what treatments are available for domestic properties, for example?
1: Well, the most common treatment method, especially for domestic properties, would be a herbicide treatment. Now, this is mainly because it's the least intrusive and it can be done at a relatively low cost. So, as opposed to a, a treatment method which might involve mechanical excavation and removal of soil, a herbicide treatment can be done in situ um, and over up to thirty six months, uh, usually, it will involve um, an operative coming out and doing a conducting a small survey and then treating the Japanese knotweed with a glyphosate based herbicide. This is usually done during the active growing season, so later on in the summer, once the plant plants flowered, and this is the most common choice for most domestic households because of the lack of intrusion.
0: Okay, the subject of Japanese knotweed eradication is pretty vast, so what we'll do is we will produce a special on Japanese knotweed eradication that people will be able to listen to uh, out with the usual podcast series. So thanks Jed for that. Going on, I'd like to mention the new Android app that we've developed to help people with identification of Japanese knotweed and other invasive plants. It's the Weed Identifier UK app. Uh, links to that can be found on our website japaneseNotweed.com and also our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Japanese.notweed. If you want more information on any invasive species, then feel free to contact us online or message us through Twitter, twitter.com slash weed underscore removal. Thank you for listening to the first podcast. Uh, Next time we're going to be looking at invasive plants and invasive fish, including some from further afield in America. And we have a host of guests lined up for you over the coming months, so please stay tuned and thanks for listening. I'm Graham Rudd, Invasive Weeds Agency, getting to the root of the problem.